praise the Lord. Alright, good morning once again. Alright, can we welcome the Abiyokuta campus this morning? Alright. So good to have you join us this morning. It's Love Lounge Sunday. Every last Sunday of the month, right, is a family life re-engineering Sunday. It's dedicated towards building um, successful relationships, lasting marriages, you know, and um, we're here again today. And today, our focus is on how to fall in love all over again. How to fall in love all over again. Praise the Lord. All right. All over the place, you know, online. <laughs> Just calm down. <laughs> you know, all over social media, you know, it's February. You know, I've seen a lot of, you know, content on relationship and marriage. But we are not doing this because that's what everybody's doing. If you've been a part of the Gateway Church for a while, you know that this is a church strong, right, on family life, right, on building strong marriages. And that's why, you know, because you are a part of this house, your home will work. And if you are single, you will not miss it in marriage. In the name of Jesus. All right. So we do this every last Sunday of the month. In case you're connecting with us for the very first time or today is your first time of worshiping with us in the Gateway Church. All right. So I want us to start this morning by opening our Bibles to Songs of Solomon, chapter 8 and verse 7. So Songs of Solomon, chapter 8 and verse 7. And we're going to be taking questions afterwards. You know, so if you have a question, maybe it's been a question in your heart, you know, about um, a relationship or a marriage issue, right? Um, you can please, uh, I think um, after we read the scriptures or during the course of the service, they're going to project, you know, the QR code on the screen, right? So you can just scan the QR code and um, type in your questions and I'm going to get it right here and we'll do that after the message. Songs of Solomon 8 and verse 7. If you have the Good News Bible, we're going to read that translation after we read it in the King James. Are we ready? Can we all read together? Want to go? Many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. If a man will give all the substance of his house for love, it would utterly be content. All right. The Good News Bible says, Water cannot put it out, no flood can drown it. But if any try to buy love with their wealth, he says, Contempt is all they will get. So if the Bible is saying that many waters and that the water is talking about here is not really water as it were it's talking about life experiences you know contrary situations circumstances of life you know it says it cannot quench love neither can the floods drown it so it simply means that nothing should be able to destroy the love right you see and the principles i'm going to be sharing with us this morning right i have 14 of them but i know i can't get to the 14 of them so whichever one i'm supposed to skip i'll just keep i'll just flow with the holy spirit all right so um these principles applies in your relationship with god so maybe there is someone here this morning you feel you are falling out of love with god right these principles will apply right or maybe um uh, you don't have a good relationship with your parents or your siblings the same principles are going to apply and even if it's in marriage or maybe you are engaged and you realize that you know when we started this relationship the sparks you know i was feeling the sparks you know the butterflies in the tummy but those things seem to have disappeared anyway there's not supposed to be butterfly in your stomach in your tummy except you have a demonic oppression you know so <laughs> you know so just um stay with me this morning so the same principle applies right it applies in marriage you know and it cuts across board right there is something called the law of atrophy i've shared it with us a couple of times in this house and it says that the natural order of things is that they get worse the natural order of things is that it gets worse you don't need to pray for things to get worse 
as long as you're on this earth you need to understand that gravity is both a physical reality and a spiritual phenomenon anything left to itself over time will decay that's why no matter how expensive a car is no matter how fantastic a house is if you build a house or you buy a house you do the housewarming get all your friends there's so much celebration if you lock up that house and you travel for a year or two if you come back to that house the day of your arrival you can't sleep in the house how many of us know that because of the law of atrophy right no matter how expensive the house is from the moment that's why even from the moment we are born we begin to die so from the moment you take your first breath breath on the earth the numbers of days hours seconds you have to live on the earth start reducing because of the world in which we live in are you getting what i'm saying this morning so the same way if we don't pay attention to our relationships they are going to die a natural death i don't care how much you are in love today you know with your spouse you know with your parents your siblings your children or whatever if you don't pay attention to the principles i'm going to be sharing with us this morning any relationship any passion will die a natural death it's only a matter of time give it time that's why there is no one that has walked into a divorce court that at one point or the other they did not love each other nobody walks down the aisle with the hope that as i'm getting married today may it be that in the next one year i will end up in a divorce court no same person does that some psychopaths do that right who have an agenda they get married for you know an ulterior motive i'm talking to normal human beings this morning i hear what i'm saying right so nobody's walking down the aisle right with a wedding dress and tuxedo and saying you know all i have is one year or two years this thing we feel nobody does that everyone that falls in love everyone that makes a commitment to get married to someone right does it with the hope that this thing is going to last for a lifetime but you and i if you pay attention you realize that the divorce rate in our world is on the rise is increasing every day breakup rates are increasing divorce rates are increasing right why is that happening well let me tell you this up front you know let me jump ahead of myself one of the reasons is because it's sign of the end time one of the things jesus said that will make us realize that we are in the end times he said the love of many will wax cold it simply means people are not going to be as committed as they used to be you see to their relationships to love so what that's one of the reasons however another which a couple of reasons you know i'm not sure i'll be able to get into it this morning right is because people become careless with their relationships have you noticed that many times when you want to buy something there is this passion there's this excitement you know maybe you want to get a new phone you want to get a new car you want to move into a new apartment there's always this excitement in fact let's let's use a phone now maybe it's your dream phone after you buy it you know the phone is always with you you can almost sleep with it huh? you put it next to your pillow but what happens after two weeks or a month depending on how expensive the phone is you even begin to look for the phone you'll be telling someone about me flash <laughs> help me flash it why because you know you have become so used to the phone now it means nothing to you anymore but there was a time that you and the phone you were five and six so the same thing can happen to our relationships right first corinthians chapter 13 and verse 8 the bible says love never fails love never fails it says but whether there are prophecies they will fall or they will fail it says whether there are tongues it says they will cease it says whether there is knowledge it says it will vanish but it says love never fails king james says charity but the word there is love if you check it in other translation it uses the word love matthew 24 and verse 12 it says and because iniquity shall abound it says the love of many shall wax cold did you see that 
according to the world standard i was talking about this at the abiokuta campus during the you know the long service that there are five things the world refers to as love so when someone falls in love with an individual there are usually five things they pay attention to according to the world standard the first is physical appearance so a man sees a woman looking all lovely good put together hips lips and fingertips and he falls in love say wow that baby is beautiful what is really saying now i'm in love is not that he's really in love because you cannot claim to love someone you don't know knowing you is loving you I hear what I'm saying. But because of it, he sees what he likes. He says, I'm in love. But no, he's really not in love. He just likes the physical appearance. Same thing with the lady. You can like the way maybe, you know, the guy's beards are put together. You know, he's very clean, dresses very nice. You say, ah, I love the way that guy dresses. I just love the guy. You don't love the guy, you love his appearance. Am I making sense this morning? It's a physical love, social status, you know, um, intellectual ability, financial capability, and material means. You see, and as it's where in our world, this thing increases your potential of finding a mate. It's just that you may find the wrong mate. If your focus and attention are on these things, because this is the world standard, right? So if you have these five things, you can easily just get anybody. But that is no guarantee that that love or what you claim to be love is going to last. I want to define what love is for us this morning. I want us to understand that love is an affectionate commitment and dedication to the well-being of another person. Love is not a feeling. Love is not infatuation. Love is not a feeling that you felt that you have never felt before. If, so, if a soldier or mobile police slaps you, it will be a feeling that you felt that you have never felt before. Does that mean you are in love? Ask people, how do you know you are in love? Say, the way I'm just feeling, I can't explain it. It may be fever. <laughs> I say, you know, anytime I'm in her presence, I can't breathe. You have asthma. It's asthma. Go and get in Ella. Uh, that one is not love. I hear what I'm saying. Say, he choke. <laughs> Praise God. You know, so love is not a feeling. Love is beyond attraction. It's good to be attracted to the person. Of course, you should be attracted to whoever you want to spend the rest of your life with. Right? We will say character, character. Yes, there is a dimension of character you should pay attention to. But when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you see is on character is a face so there should be a measure of attraction but the fact that you are attracted to someone does not mean you love them until you discover who they really are so love is an affectionate commitment and dedication to the well-being of another person i want to ask us a question this morning and the question is this what's your belief and expectation about love What's your belief and expectation about love? Because if you don't get this mindset thing sorted, right, you will keep going into relationships and breaking the relationships, being in love, and it's not going to last. Some people erroneously believe that true love does not exist. No matter how much you teach certain principles to these people, you see, their love will never last. Because as far as they are concerned, they already believe true love does not exist. In fact, when they see people who are in love, in their mind, they say, mm, it will soon fail. It will soon end. They are just skeptic. You know, there are skeptics about such things. Some people believe that love, true love, ends after marriage. That the moment you marry now. After two years, every, everybody's just paying bills. You know, this love thing is only when you are dating. Some also, people also believe that love is a feeling. I said that earlier. Some people also believe that you can do without love. And some people believe that love is synonymous to sex. While sex is a part of love in marriage, sex is not all there is to love. Because a day and age will come in marriage that what you'll be thinking about is not sex. So what happens then? The love dies or the marriage ends. So how to fall in love again in case you're out of love, you're falling out of passion, falling out of attraction, you know, and all those things. Number one, 
Um, I want us to Revelation chapter 2 and verse 4 to 5 before I go into, you know, the practical steps that we need to pay attention to. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 4 to 5. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 4 to 5. Revelation 2, 4 to 5. The Bible says, nevertheless, Jesus speaking, he said, I have something against you. Talking to a particular church, he said, because you have left your first love. Did you see that? You have left it. So, people don't just fall out of love in that sense. They become careless with it. And if you check it most times, that thing is still there. It says, remember therefore from whence you have fallen. And repent and do the first works. Or else I will come unto you quickly. And I will remove your candlestick out of his place. Except you repent. Now, the word repent is not coming to the altar and be shedding tears. You can walk down the aisle, you know, come to the altar. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Uh, and be crying. In fact, your cry and your tears can be the loudest and the most expressive and not repent. The word repent actually means a change of mindset, a change of thinking, alteration of a behavioral pattern. So Jesus is saying that the reason why you, your love grew cold, the reason you fell out of love is because we have refused to repent. If because we have refused to change your mindset, right, as regards certain things. So he's saying to them, repent because when you repent and you change the way you behave right in the context of your relationship then you don't need to look for love it will grow back it will just come back the first thing you need to pay attention to if you're going to fall in love again you know whether with god with you know your spouse you know a family member or whatever is number one and i'm speaking this particular one speaks directly you know um to those in marriage and those engaged is make god's word the blueprint or the foundation of your home Make God's word the blueprint and foundation of your home and your relationship. Make God's word the blueprint, or should I say the foundation of your marriage and your relationship. There are many things, many alternatives the world is offering to us today. That you can build your marriage upon. That you can build your relationship upon. You can even build it on social media. You can build it on, you know, on podcasts, opinions. You know, so many things you can build it on. You can build it on, you know, Netflix shows. They tell you this is what marriage should be like. You see, but the Bible says that a wise man is one that builds his house, right, upon the rock. And be likened to a man that builds his house upon the rock. He says the rain comes, the winds come. And, you know, I've spoken about what those three things mean. I wrote it on the book, 10 Steps to a Healthy Marriage. I don't want to go into that. He talks about the three things that will come when you build on the rock. And he says the same thing about someone that also builds on the sand. It says the same experience will come. The rain will come. The storm will come. The wind will blow. It says, but if you build on the rock, talking about building on the foundation of God's word, it says that house is going to be standing. You see, when people go through crisis, it's not the crisis that ended the marriage or the relationship. It's the foundation upon which they built. Because there are things that people go through that has ended certain relationships and marriages that other people went through and it made their home stronger. So it's not really what they experience, it's the quality of what they are building upon. So if you are building on the wrong stuff, it's only a matter of time when the blessing comes talking about the rain, right? When trends show up talking about the wind, when challenges show up talking about the storm, that home is not going to last. That home is not going to last. That's why in Psalms 11 and verse 3, the Bible says that the foundation is destroyed. It said, what can the righteous do? The foundation of a building is the most unattractive part of a building. Yet, the building can exist without it. Can you see the foundation of this building right now? Of this auditorium? No, you can't. 
But to build a structure without a foundation or to try to, you know, scheme because you don't want to spend too much money. Your attention is just on the structure. You just want the building to go up and you use poor quality materials for the foundation. It's only a matter of time. Everything you have built will come down. It's going to come down. You know, when someone is building on the rock, they seem slower. When you are building on the sand, you seem faster. That's why sometimes when you are building on the principles of God's word, you look stupid. People are looking at you and say, ah, hey, don't. Can we celebrate expressions? Love representation. You know, very lovely one. You know, some people will look at you and say, ah, you are dumb in this world. You know, don't take no See, you better stop believing all these things you see on social media. I came across a video during the week I was sharing with First Lady. A particular guy typed on, you know, his WhatsApp status. He said, you know, men that cook for their wife, cook in the kitchen, they are, they are sissies. You know, weak men. And the guy dropped his phone and they showed us the reality. The guy was cooking in the kitchen for his wife. But somebody will see that and say, yes, it is true, it is true. I can't be cooking for my wife. When your wife is pregnant, what you did? Eh? And she's too weak to cook. You will not cook, Abby. Don't worry, you say because of tradition. Don't build your home on tradition. Many of us people build on in this part of the world is tradition. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you always ask yourself, what I believe about marriage is in the Bible. Is there a precedent to it in the Bible? Many people just as, as they adopt mindset, adopt belief systems, that when you really check it, it is ideologies that has been passed down from great-grandparents to grandparents to parents to you. And the question you need to ask is, I'm always asking this question. How many of us would like to have the marriage of your parents? Very few people raise up their hand. If you don't want to have the marriage of your parents, if you keep behaving like your parents, you will have their marriage. If you build on what they built on, and many of our parents, because, and it's not because they didn't know, it's not, it's not because they were bad, it's because the light that we have today, many of them didn't have it. And so we are more privileged. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And we must never make light of that privilege. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? So the first principle is to ensure that you build on the foundation of God's word. Number two, remember why you fell in love in the first place. Remember. Remember. That's why you must ensure that you are in love for the right reasons. If you get married to someone or you fall in love with someone that because he has money, what happens if the money does not flow like it was flowing before? Are you hearing what I'm saying? I was sharing with them yesterday, you know, in the first cohort of the year in the marriage mastery class for those going through, you know, marriage counseling. I said, as a man, you cannot afford to tie your esteem to money. Because what happens if your wife starts making more money than you? You end the marriage. Say no. And so you now resume after you now start making more money than him. All those things are just traditions. Traditional beliefs. You know, there are some men that in their life, they can never ask out a lady that's making more money than them. Oh God, it's not something is not wrong with the woman. You are the one something is wrong with. It's your self-esteem. That needs to be worked upon. And some women too believe that I can never marry a man that I make more money than. See, in marriage, there are so many seasons you will experience. That's why even as a woman, if you are making more money, calm down. Things can switch in the next 5-10 years. What seems to be so much money now can be coins to that person's money in the next 5-10 years. But we don't build our seams. We don't build it on money. We don't build it on material things. Because those things are fleeting. They don't last. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you marry someone because of a car, what will happen when a new model comes out? Or what will happen, God forbid, that car has an accident? 
Or what happens if God tells you to give away the car? You know, there are some families, there are some instructions they can never hear. Never. In fact, as the man is hearing it, <laughs> the man is saying, God, you know we cannot obey this instruction. Tell my wife. That's just some instructions of families can't hear. Because they know that. Ah, because the man knows why she married him. For the car to go is for the marriage to end. So remember why you fell in love. If you fall in love for things that don't last, when those things leave, the marriage will also end. So you fall in love for things that don't change. Things like character. Things like work ethic. See, a man may not have cash yet, and a woman may because he's not only men, he's not only women. There are some men too that get rich girls. So this girl, she has a good job. She works in a multinational. She went to Harvard. This one cannot be broke. If be bad, 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 she will get one job. We go pay well. So they target lazy men who target a woman's finances. Because some people now they will use it as an excuse. What I just said. A pastor has said it doesn't matter. A woman can make more money. So you can't be working me. I'll be sitting there at home. You are a nonsense man. You are a useless man. That's not what I'm saying. So hear my message in a balanced way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because some people, they're always looking for something that will encourage their laziness and uselessness. They say, Pastor has said it, you see. It doesn't matter. So the woman goes to work as she's coming home. He says, how much did you make today? Where's your esteem? Where's your dignity as a man? Praise the Lord. So remember why you fell in love. Remember. Because if you don't remember, you say, when, because, see, let me tell you this. Everybody is going to experience that at one time or the other. Where you will not feel attracted to your partner as you once felt. So you must remind yourself, why did I even decide to marry this person? I always ask people, I hope you know why you are marrying someone. Because when somebody tells you, you think it's a romantic statement. And they say, I love you. Why? Say, I don't know. I just love you. That's the same day. When you say, I don't love you anymore. Why? I just don't know. Because when they loved you too, they didn't know why. So when they stopped loving you too, they will not know why. They don't know why. Praise God. Is this helping somebody? Yes, right. So remember why you fell in love in the first place. And make sure they are because of things that don't change. You know, intrinsic things. Value system. You see that? Number three, invest in your marriage and relationship. Hmm. You will fall out of love by default if you don't invest in your relationship and marriage. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21. The Bible says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Where your treasure is. That is where your investment is. See, friends, let me tell you something. Affection follows investment by default. Affection follows investment. Affection follows investment. If you invest in something, your heart will be there. People fall out of love because they stop investing in their marriage. Just stop investing. A guy loves a lady from a distance. The next thing, he tries to get closer. He starts buying gifts. Start calling her. Starts visiting her. What is he doing? He's investing. He's investing time. Investing attention. Investing resources. But after marriage, what happens? He said, babe, I want to talk to you. See, I need to finish this thing. You are talking too much. Later, later. But before... What made sense? What did not make sense? We talk for two, three hours. People be looking at you. What are you talking about? Just <laughs> on the phone. Saying things that make sense and does not make sense. But now, you are busy. You have stopped the investment. 
Tell us what I'm talking about. Ah. Don't you know see, that when people are in love, they just talk and talk. At the end of the talk, you can't remember what you really spoke about. If they ask you 24 hours later. But you have spent two hours on the phone. But to say, especially for those of us that are married, in the last one year, or for those of us that are less than one year in marriage, in the last one month, when was the last time you sat down with your partner to talk for two hours at a stretch? Just ask yourself. Because you see that people don't fall in love overnight. They fall in love, fall out of love over time. Let me say that again. People don't fall out of love overnight. They fall out of love over time. I don't care how busy you are. I hear what I'm saying. Whatever you value, you create time for. Whatever you value, you create time for. So you invest your time, invest your money, invest your attention, invest your emotions. And it is both ways. Because some people, as they are hearing, and say, hey, he's not calling me again. When last did you call him? Are you hearing what I'm saying? When last did you call? When last did you send a text message? Right? It shouldn't because <laughs> love's supposed to be a two-way thing. Sometimes I like to correct some, you know, young folks. You say, tell them, the man did not marry. When you decide to marry, you chose to marry each other because you didn't marry under duress. When you were at the altar and you were about to take the vows, they didn't put a gun to your head. Say, I do. When they read everything, they said, do you do? You say, I do. <laughs> you say, I do. And so, the doing is both ways. The man says, I do. The woman says, I do. But now, you don't. And so, you have to keep doing. So, the investment has to be mutual. Right? Sometimes, as a woman, too, she say, just, just show up during the day at your husband's workplace. Or deliver lunch. See, let the people in his office know he's married. Are you hear what I'm saying? Send it. In case there is one Jezebelic woman that is already hanging him. Once, he <laughs> Once they see the lunch, they say, ah, who sent the food? And as a man, that's a good time to also hype your wife. You say, ah, it's, that's, that's the, that came from the best woman in the world. You say, oh. <laughs> you say, that's how they will respond. They just gave you an example. <laughs> You as a man too, once in a while, see part of investment is making the day special to your partner special to you. You can't be forgetting birthdays and be saying the person is special, they are not special because when you were dating, you didn't forget if it's that you will plaster post it notes all over your house or set 10 alarms everywhere. It will start reminding you 10 days before, nine days to my wife's birthday, eight days to my wife. You, you remind yourself. But to say you keep forgetting, first year you forgot, two years you forgot, third year you forgot, fourth year you forgot. Uncle, may somebody not be at our workplace that always remembers our anniversary, remembers our birthday, remembers our dad's birthday, remembers our mom's birthday. Before you know it, attention will shift. That's how the devil creeps in into homes. When people become careless, they stop the investments. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Number four, disconnect from anything or anyone that threatens your love and union. That's why I love the expressions, you know, stage play this morning. Those kinds of friends are people to disconnect from. <laughs> Anyone or anything that threatens your love, threatens your home, threatens your marriage, threatens your relationship. Wisdom says if you want your love to last, disconnect. However, do you know there are relationships you can't disconnect from? So what you do is you reduce your exposure. In situations where you cannot disconnect, disconnect, you reduce your exposure to anything. 
or to anyone threatening your love. See, for some people, it is not someone that is threatening their love. It is something. In some homes, it's a sport. Do you hear what I said? Premier League is the threat of some homes. Premier League. Every time your wife wants to talk to you, you are always watching Premier League. Uncle, they don't know you. Liverpool does not know you. If your marriage fails, Liverpool will still play next season. Eh? Osime. We still... <laughs> Be shouting or see, or see, or see, I does not know you. Cosia, man. Cosia, man, no see you. So reduce it. In, and in some instances, is human beings. Some people is when you want to talk, when you want to spend time with your partner. That's when they will always show up. Ah, uh, give them a time when they can come visit them. I hear what I'm saying. And let me say something. Hmm? in um, alignment with the stage play by expressions. Any friends that you had years ago that you've not seen for a while, they are no longer your friends. You test spirits before you bring them closer, especially into your home. Someone you've not seen for three years or four years, you may no longer share the same values. It is foolishness to bring them straight into your home. I hear what I'm saying. See, the devil does not show up with a horn and a pitchfork like we saw in cartoons growing up. He speaks through men. You just realize that your language will change. Very perfect expression. That's why we call them expression anyway. <laughs> you just realize that your language has changed. And a sensitive spouse will notice, this is not my wife. This is not my husband. Someone is influencing. This person is, is already, someone is already talking. That's what happened between Adam and Eve. He started listening to the serpents. Did God say you should not eat of this tree? God already said it. Why are you questioning me? He said, God knows that the day you eat of it, you will become this, you will become that. The Bible says, and she saw. She had been seeing that fruit all this while. She didn't get any revelation from it. But when she heard the words of the serpent, the Bible says she saw that it was good. She didn't see it that way before. You, you see, the way you see your spouse is largely influenced by what you are hearing from friends. Some people will tell you, oh, before you know one day you will say, you, you, you call me, what, are you a husband or a who? Is this what your mates are doing? Because now someone has said something to you that has given you an opportunity for comparison. And every time you compare two people, you will overestimate the value of one and despise the other. Am I making sense this morning? So disconnect. Disconnect. In fact, some people, if you want your marriages to work, huh? should I be honest with you? You may need to trust God for another job. Because there are some jobs that have no value for marriage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Has no value for family, family life. You are Christians. You are people of faith. When you know, see, I'm not saying go and resign your work tomorrow. Uh-huh. Because I always like to give that balance. What I'm saying is trust God for another job. Trust him. Trust him. See, there are certain things you can do when you are single. If you truly value marriage, when you get married, there are some things you should not be doing. I'm not encouraging laziness. Don't get me wrong. My wife is not lazy on any account. Neither am I. But I'm saying that you just never have time. Never. You leave the house 4 a.m., 
you come back, the children have slept, your spouse has slept, the only time you talk is on phone, and it's always about fuel. Fuel has finished in the gym. PHCN bill is about to finish. Just say, ah, meantime, what do you do? What do you do? The meantime sound is already blinking red. That's the only thing you are talking about. Oga, madam, somebody might need to look for a job. For another job. I hear what I'm saying? And we should look for another job. The one whose job threatens the marriage the most. It may need to be the man and it may be the woman. The word they say is what? Number five. Identify your partner's language and consistently speak their language. Um, can I have very quickly someone that, uh, Mrs. Lauren from you speak also fluently, right? Please come. Let's celebrate. Uh, I need someone that speaks the Hebrew language too fluently. I need someone that, please let's be fast very quick. Someone that speaks Hebrew language. We have Hebrews in church now. Let's be fast. Any, anybody else, I'm not talking about you are just Igbo. You can't speak your language. And we have plenty of people like that that does not go to the village. Anyone? All right. Thank you. All right. I need someone also. Um, is anybody here from Abibu that can, that can speak Egba very well? Or maybe um, Ondo? Anybody? Anybody? Nobody? All right. Okay. So, Minister Ezekiel, please come. I want to say something to you. So I want us to pay attention to that. Now I want to ask uh, Mr. Lawrence, do you understand the book? Please let's move forward. Let's move forward so that the camera can pick you. Let's celebrate that. Do you understand Ausa? Do you understand Ausa? You only understand the book. All right. So please. I want I want us to see an experiment now. All right, so Mrs. Alon Femi, go ahead. Inasonka. Ahorunginanya. Say it again now. Inasonka. Ahorunginanya. Do you understand what you are saying to each other? Now, I want you to shout it louder. Maybe she will get it. Ahorunginanya. Nache inasonka. Do you understand what she's saying? You know, you know what they are saying? I love you. But they are speaking different languages. Don't love her. She's a married woman. <laughs> Let's celebrate them. So, that's what happens in many marriages. Someone is expressing love the way they want to be loved. You see, every, see if you are someone that you are always... How do you know your love, <clears throat> your love language? Check how you always express love. That's your love language. So, if you are someone always buying gifts, buying gifts, buying gifts, it's because you want people to buy gifts for you. So, you don't need any supernatural revelation. That's the easiest way to know. So, in marriage, you are speaking Awusa, your wife is speaking Igbo. You will soon be frustrated. Because you are both saying, I love you, but nobody understands what anybody is saying. So a man saves up, saves up, saves up. On Valentine's Day, he presents his wife with a khaki. And this is the man that has been traveling since the beginning of the year. In fact, the only time the wife has seen him uh, is at crossover service. After crossover service, the next time they saw was on FaceTime on Valentine's Day. Babe, I have a gift for you outside. It's in the compound. The woman sees the gift. They are live on video call. Says, thank you, my husband. And drops the key. And the man is angry. Do you know how much I bought the car? 
You are an ungrateful woman. What's the woman saying? Thank you for the gift, but this is not my love language. I want your time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are five love languages. There's quality time. There's giving of gifts. I've spoken about it several times. You know, there's what? Words of affirmation. Next. Acts of service. And number five is what? Physical touch. But if you are single, be careful of the touching. Don't be touching, touch, good touch. Where they've not given you license. I hear what I'm saying. So, you need to understand that people speak different languages. If you want to stay in love or you want to fall in love again, you need to be speaking the language of love that your partner understands. It may not be your own language, but you have to learn it. So, if two people are in different, you know, from different backgrounds, speaking different languages, and they are attracted to each other, if they are truly going to fall in love, they must learn each other's language. So, you are a workaholic, but your partner's love language is quality time. Oga, you will have to learn how to speak that language. Or madam. What that simply means is you will have to create time. Or else, nothing else you do will matter. You will think you are doing so much. But as much as you are doing it, you will keep feeling this woman, this man is ungrateful. With everything I've done for you. For some people, it's act of service. Let me give you a newsflash. If you are married to someone whose love language is act of service, you will be a glorified servant. You hear what I said? What do I mean? They will be sending you around like, babe, please help me bring the cup. As you are bringing the cup, babe, can you help me with the remote? Be, ah, what happened to your hand? The remote will be there. I have a friend like that. <laughs> the wife will be in the room. Say, babe, the wife will come to say, ah, what happened? You buy more remote. She will be like, I need to stand up yourself and just speak it. But that's it because he just loves it. Please help me call this person. Please help me do that. Hold this thing for me. They will be sending you around upon around. Before you do one, they have told you two. Before you finish you two, they have there four. But in this part of the world, if someone does not understand that and their family comes around, especially if it's the woman whose love language is act of service, and grandma sees how they are sending her son up and down, say, hey, my son has this vegetable. Did you get what I'm saying this morning? So you just need to find out what is my partner's love language and speak the language. You can't be speaking your own language and expect that marriage to work. It will not work. That's why marriage is a school in learning. You will have to learn. If you are a rigid person, I can assure you, you will fail in marriage. It's not a cause. You will need to adapt, readapt, learn and adapt. But to say, this is who I am. Even my family members know me. Why didn't you marry one of them? Since they know you so much. They don't need to learn anything about you anymore. Then go and marry them. Number next. Hmm. Still on number six and we're going to 14. I already told us I can't get to the 14. Praise God. Grow with your partner. Grow with your partner. In Galatians chapter 4 verse 1 to 2, the Bible says the heir, as long as he's a slave, um, is a child, does not differ from a slave. The Bible says, but a subject unto tutors, unto the time appointed by the father. You see, let me tell you something about growth. In marriage, everybody's going to grow. You must ensure that if you want to stay in love with your partner, whether in a relationship or in marriage, you are growing at the same pace. You can't afford to outgrow your partner. Am I making sense? That's why you must find out. You may be the reading type. Your partner may be the listening type. Find a way that whatever you read, whatever new skill you acquire, there is a way you bring them up. That's why one of the things that quality, um, the, one of the skills that you know, people who succeed in marriage have is teachability. 
teachability. Because if you are not growing together, you will grow apart. You will grow apart. That's why you see we've had presidents in Nigeria that when they became presidents, they married a younger wife. Why? Their status has outgrown the wife they first married. She is not worthy of being a first lady of the nation. And they know. They know. That's why you don't marry with your present circumstances. You marry with the consciousness of where you are going. Don't marry because of your present poverty. I hear what I'm saying. And people just go for low-hanging fruits. They say, oh, let me just, as I am now, you know, in case time is going, let me just marry anybody. Don't do that to yourself. You may regret it. You must marry someone that can fit every season of your life. Because you will not always remain like this. Is somebody hear what I just said? I think that's an encouragement to someone. You will not always, look at the person sitting next to you, you say you will not always remain like this. Ah. So when you become bigger, better than this, will you be proud of that person? And one of the ways to ensure you remain proud of that person is to keep growing together. You keep growing together. The Bible says, and the child Jesus grew in wisdom and in favor with God and men. He grew. You know why Adam failed? He didn't grow. Adam appeared as a full-grown man. So he didn't grow. There was no growing to do. But Jesus came as a baby, so he had to grow. When you grow up, you stay up. When you jump up, you come down. Do you hear what I just said? So you must ensure you are... You see, and you must take responsibility. That's why for us, you know, it's like a culture. Every day, we give each other a download of what has happened in a day. No matter how tired we are. At least, you know, because we realized that when we started, when we just got married, first one year, first year, and I just remember, noticed that we're growing apart. So now it's a culture. No matter which visitor we have, no matter how busy we are, we have a talking time. Once it is that time, minimum one hour. At what makes sense? What doesn't make sense? We talk about it. How you saw a chicken fly across the road? I would tell her. You know, because those were the things that made you fall in love in the first place. So grow. Grow with your partner. Number seven, be quick to forgive. Be quick to forgive. Be quick to forgive. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 22. Can we have it on the screen, please? Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 22. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 22. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 22. And if you are the person that talks the most, help your partner. I hear what I'm saying. The quiet person may find it very stressful to have conversations every day. So the person, and in every marriage, there's always someone that will be talking more than the other person. It's God's genius. One person will be the talker, the person, other person will be the listener. Right? So don't say, you, I'm just one that is always talking, talking, talking every day. You already know. That's why you married the person in the first place. That's why you didn't fall in love with a talker like you. Right? So sometimes, just, don't just say, hey, Shay, I'm, you are the one that will now talk today. You are putting the person under pressure. In the last four days, I'm the one that has been supplying Jesus. What will happen is, as you are talking, the person who is supplying the middle, you may talk for 15 minutes, let him talk for 10 minutes, and be okay with it. Eventually, the person will grow into also being able to talk. But not keeping score. I say, today, <laughs> you are the one that will talk. You just say, <laughs> especially if he's a man, you just say, what would I say now? <laughs> you just realize that the day he knows he will talk, he will come late to the house. You will make sure you have slept. <laughs> go and watch Premier League. Can we read together Matthew 18, 21 to 22? Want to go? Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. Seven times, Jesus said unto him, I say not unto you until seven times, 
but 70 times what? What's 70 times 7? 490. So Jesus is saying, in a day, the only time you, can, you are permitted not to forgive someone is if they offend you 490 times in a day. If you two can count 490 times, is it that you are married to a demon? <laughs> so what was Jesus trying to say? Always forgive. Friends, I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. Marriage only works between two forgivers. If you are someone that likes to keep score, and that's what you said, 15 September, 1987. I remember it was on a sunny day. In fact, it was 12.05 and 56 nanoseconds. You were wearing a purple shirt and a violet pants. you said you still remember that one you can't succeed in marriage are you hearing what i'm saying you must forgive you know the amazing thing people forgive friends more than they forgive their partners haven't you noticed the reason why many homes have crises and issues people are quick to forgive their friends but if they are if it's their wife eh, oh yeah, come on now she's supposed to know now why didn't you say that about your friends that's why you see her friends or else you would not have had friends our friends offend us. Why don't we extend greater grace to our partners? Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. You must believe in the good intentions of the person you are married to or the person you want to marry. Except that person, something is wrong with them. That's why I said, except you marry a demon. Nobody will deliberately go out of their way to be offending you and hurting you. Except something is right. Except you chose wrongly. And if there is anybody in that kind of a wrong relationship in this house, I break it in the name of Jesus. Even if you don't want to break it, I decree and declare it's broken. In the name of Jesus. It's also for personal selfish reasons. Why I pray that prayer? So that you will not be disturbing me. Because I don't want to see you crying. Pastor, he has slapped me again. Pastor, she has given me up a call too. When you enjoy your marriage, I will enjoy mine. Do you understand? Because when I see you smiling... Say, wow, tell me something. That's why, you know, I'm committed to marriages. See, no matter how successful you are, uh, if your home is not working, that success will come down. It's only a matter of time. Or you will not enjoy that success. You will not enjoy it. And last but not the least, have you been blessed? Never take your partner for granted. Never take your partner for granted. Never. When you take people for granted, you lose passion for them. You lose attraction for them. You see. People take each other for granted when they become too familiar. You must fight familiarity in your relationships. In your relationship, you know, with everyone that is valuable and important to you, you must fight familiarity. Familiarity is what happens when you stop seeing the value you once saw in someone. So all of a sudden, the person, you've commonized the relationship. The relationship is no longer important. How do you know you have become familiar? You stop doing the things you were doing to get your partner. How do you know you have become familiar? You are becoming familiar. You don't accept your partner's uniqueness. How do you know, number three, you don't celebrate and honor your, your, honor your partner's uniqueness. Number four, you criticize your partner in front of others. Your partner is not your child. Many people try to parent their spouse uh, and love their children. A big error. Your part, you are not a parent to your spouse. Ladies, are you hearing what I'm saying? Especially the easiest way to lose a man is to try to parent him or try to murder him. That's the easiest way. He won't tell you, but he will keep withdrawing. You saw him like that before you married him. If you are going to correct things, you do it strategically and with wisdom. 
Not why do you put your shoe there? Take your shoe, take your shoe, take your shoe. But when the children put their shoe there, you go and pick it. You don't know that marriage is service. There are things that my wife does and things I do that we don't complain again. You do it, I pick it myself and go and put it where it's supposed to be. You don't like it, do something about it. I hear what I'm saying. Some of us don't like what I just said. You don't need to like it, but it's the truth. Don't criticize your partner in front of others. And last but not the least, sign of familiarity is that you trivialize the complaints of your partner. Your partner complains about something, you just trivialize it. I say, well, what is it? But someone else complains about something, you take it serious. Have you been blessed? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for the seed of your, of your word that has been sown in our hearts. We thank you because the flower with us uh, the grass fades, but your word abides forever. Thank you because your word that we have heard and received this morning will not stay as words in our minds, but they will become tools even for waging war against the attacks of the enemy on our homes. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice and I decree and declare your marriages will work. Your relationships will work. You will not miss it in marriage. Every God-ordained relationship that has been brought into your life, you will not lose those relationships in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answered prayers. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. So you may have some questions, right? Or maybe you've written a question and um, I don't quite get it. It's okay. You can explain yourself with the mic. So the first question here says, please explain the key principles for a man to love a woman the way she wants to be loved. A lot of men don't understand how to love a woman. Okay, so maybe um, that's going to be a different topic on his own, right? You need to understand that there's a difference between a man and a woman. We live in different worlds. A good book I recommend for every one of us, especially if you're getting close to um, getting married, is a book by John Gray. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. You see, men and women are two different. A man is not a woman, a woman is not a man. And there is nothing, sometimes what men complain about is them trying to make the women in their life to become men. A woman cannot become a man and a man cannot become a woman. You know, even those who try to become women, they men. They don't do it successfully. We still know you were once a man. Because what you did is risky. How does one balance or keep up with a partner whose love language is the O5? There is nobody whose love language is the O5. There is a primary, there will be a primary love language and a secondary love language, right? Everybody has a primary love language and everybody has a secondary love language, but there is nobody that has all the five. Everybody will, there's, you see, even if your love language is, um, let's say, quality time, you will still like gifts. Is there anybody here that will say, Michael, I just want time, don't give me gifts? You see, so everybody, the language, you need to speak all the languages, right? But one will be predominant. Do you understand? So nobody speaks all the five languages. So just pay attention to the first and the second, the primary and the secondary. Most times when you speak the primary and the secondary, every other place where you are dropping the ball, the person will pay attention to it because their major need or their main language is being spoken, right? It's just like you can speak so many languages, but you will have a language, a primary language that you speak most fluently, Right? So that's the way it works. How does love feel? It feels different from different people. That's just the truth. You know, 
love essentially is not a feeling but there's a feeling that should come with it you know and so um yeah so it feels different from different for different people but it's not butterflies and it's not your breath being taken away you know? how do people fall in love The things I already spoke about, right? Investment of time, investment of energy, investment of resources, investment of emotions. Can an intentional long-distance relationship lead to a productive marriage? I love that question. Intentional long-distance relationship. Uh, maybe I think another thing that I should teach on one of these days, or maybe I'll just do a YouTube series on, is how to have a successful long-distance relationship. One of the ways to make a long-distance relationship work are, is that there must be a date that the long distance will end. You can't have a perpetual long-distance relationship and expect the marriage to work. It will never work. Because marriage essentially was not ordained for the man and the woman to be apart. When God created the man and the woman, Eve was not outside the garden and Adam was in the garden. That's why when they fell, God sent the two of them out together. Do you understand? God knew it was the woman that had the fruit first. Now, didn't he know? He sent them out together because we are supposed to be together. So the moment there is already distance and there is no end date to the distance, we have defeated the purpose of the relationship. Right? What if the one whose job threatens the marriage ends more? Is it advisable to resign from the job? The question is, what is your value as a family? What are your, what's your family value? Some families value money above any other thing. If you value your marriage... Uh, you will know that that money, you can still get yourself to that ending point. But if you lose your marriage, you can't get the marriage. <laughs> Do you understand? There are some things that once you lose, even if you get it back, the scar will be there. Right? Money can be made. Right? You can't get another wife like the wife God has given you. Or another husband. It's a deceit. Let me tell you this. It's a deception of how this is a dear man of God. And I was really blessed. He said one day, many years ago, like 15 years ago, one of their leaders came to him and said, Pastor, I need to see you. He said, what is it? He said, my wife is a witch. He said, what? He said, the man was expecting that. He would say, ah, go and divorce her. He said, he told the leader. He said, awesome. He said, God has just given you a deliverance ministry. So it means you are the one that will deliver her from that witchcraft. He said, the man was very angry. He left. He left the church. Went to another church. Ah, where they made him pastor and told him to leave his wife. Years later, he called him and said, Pastor, I regret making that decision. See, the moment you marry, let me tell you this. Is either you marry your friend or you befriend who you marry? Be what I just said. So the moment you marry, you can say, ah, no, 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 I think I made a mistake. You did not make a mistake again. The time of mistake is gone. Now you make it work. You see, the devil will make you believe that the grass is greener on the other side. It will always make you believe that. It is until you get close, you will realize that. So some people just believe, ah, how I wish I married this person. It's when you get close, you will realize that your spouse may even be better than the person you wish you had married. Do you understand what I'm saying? You guys are quiet on me this morning. All right, so it depends on your values. You can be the one handing the most. See, for the sake of the marriage, you can reduce your lifestyle for the moment can move to a less bigger house. If you are living in a duplex, move to a three-bedroom for the purpose of the marriage. If the marriage is that important to you, and when God blesses you again, you move to a much bigger house. 
What if a crisis shows? What if he loses his job and they fire him? And you can't afford that rent. Won't you move to another house? So there are some decisions that if you don't make, God will make it for you. Or if you live in disobedience, circumstances will make those decisions for you. All right. When I love a lady and I want to date or marry, should I wait for God to say yes or bring her to God and ask? I don't understand. How do you bring her to God? I really don't understand. So let me answer this question based on what I assume the person is asking. So when I love a lady and I want to marry or date, should I wait for God to say yes or bring her to God and ask? I strongly believe that for believers, we don't go into relationships to find out if it is God's will. We go into relationships because we already have an assurance this is God's will. Don't use people as experimentals. And as a lady too, don't make men turn you into experimentals. You don't know where a relationship is going. A guy is just around you, hanging around you. Hanging around you. We will now be sending a message to pastor. Pastor, please pray for me that you ask me. I don't pray such prayers. Because it means you don't value your own emotions. You don't value your time. That's why I love guys. When I hear guys that say that, ah, when I asked out my wife, I just told her straight, I want to marry you. I respect such guys. Because especially if you already knew each other. If you are an adult, you are mature, go straight to the point. Was, you see, because what happens is when there is no clarity, they will waste your time. So you are just going around, eating like a goat everywhere. You go from one restaurant to another restaurant, believing that you will pop the question. And one day, he now says, I want to take you somewhere. When you now get there, you see that he's his proposer to the person he wants to marry. It happens. He now says he's a wicked man. No, he's not a wicked man. You didn't define the relationship. So he was just having a good time. Maybe he was enjoying your company. You know? And you kept giving him the time. So for a believer, you should get clarity. Can I marry this person? Right? So maybe you start as friends. So there should be a measure of friendship. And you say, we all know when we say we are just friends, but you have moved into relationship. You don't need to sign from today, we have entered relationship. You know when you have entered relationship emotionally, yes or yes? yes. Yeah, you know. So why are you lying to yourself? And say, so we are still friends. Were you enemies before? And when you get that clarity, it simply means that you've already prayed about it. And you have an assurance or a go-ahead in your spirit. That's why you go into a relationship, Right? What do you do when your kind of girls never fuse you back? <laughs> but the ones I don't really feel loves me well. <laughs> so I gave up on trying to avoid many rejection. The amazing thing is one of the topics, you know, that I'm currently working on is how to make the person, in, uh, how did I write that? How to make the person you love, love you or something like that. You know? Or maybe with the person you love, love you. I can't remember. When I'm done with it, I'll teach on it, right? So I understand what this person is saying. So um, the question you need to ask yourself is, will the person you want want you? If the people you want, the kind of girls that should feel you, if they are not feeling you, upgrade. And that's what it means, upgrade. See. See, 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 see. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to. You see, there are so many things I really want to teach on, right? I want to teach on men, male and women, um, men and women differences. The average smart woman marries hope. No sane woman marries a man. Ah, uh, every smart woman marries hope. 
marries with the hope that if I marry this man, he may not have now, but with these potentials I see, my life will be better. Most men marry for their level. That ah, my capacity. Let me marry my. Now, when the capacity increases, he now feels ah, this baby is too small for me. See, let me tell you this. Naturally, women mature faster than men. Emotionally, psychologically. That's why a younger lady can already almost predict what she wants. She already knows it. That's why you notice that when you were in university, a lot of the ladies were dating guys that have finished school. Because they were already thinking of future. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, so if they are not feeling you, upgrade. No, 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 and I'm not saying that sarcastically. That's just it. So if you know that this is the kind of women, because it must be that there is something about you that they are finding repulsive. Do you understand? That it's not matching up to those kind of women. So upgrade. It's as simple as that. Right? So find out those kind of women. So now go and do research. Those kind of ladies, what do they find attractive? And what kind of men do they find attractive? So when they read, because you said, so that you want to avoid too many rejections. It means you've been rejected. Right? Why are you guys laughing? So, when they reject you, go and find out the kind of men that they are now attracted to. I hope they are good men. Uh, do you understand? So now, study those men and ask yourself, am I willing to become this kind of men? Because if the kind of women that you want to be feeling you are only marrying drug dealers, do you want to become a drug dealer? As I single, <laughs> I can't seem to find a lady that perfectly meets all my criteria. The criteria revolves around being a devoted believer and physically attractive. We have plenty devoted believers in this house that are ladies and are physically attractive. And so for you to say you are not finding, maybe you are searching in the wrong place. Do you understand what I'm saying? So watch and pray. Maybe you've been praying with your eyes closed. <laughs> Shine your eyes. I prayed and God said he can't give me the peace I want. Ah. But he said he's praying to give me the peace I deserve. Do you advise we continue with the relationship? I prayed and God said he can't give me the peace I want. But he said he's praying. God told you he's praying to give you the peace you deserve. I'm trying to understand the question. Do you advise we continue with this relationship? If you don't have peace in a relationship, what are you still doing there? There's no point. Just end the relationship. And go to the one that will give you peace. You have a long time to live. Do you want to live the rest of your life, you know, without peace? <laughs> eh? In pieces? <laughs> Is it compulsory to wait for a guy to officially ask you to be his girlfriend? Or we can just go with the flu? Because I'm in a relationship where I was never asked. Auntie, you were never actually. You are not in a relationship. So let me tell you something about men. Huh? A man will enjoy something and you will not know his level of commitment until you place a demand. You must learn to ask, what are we doing? A guy that is serious at that point will say, ah, I want to marry you. No, no. A guy that is not serious at that point, he will withdraw. But to assume you are in a relationship when he has not opened his mouth, you are the one in a relationship. He is not in a relationship. That's why I said I'm going to teach on men and women differences. The way it works with a man, if he has not told you, he's just having fun. He's just having a good time. That's why, ladies, be, 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 be weary of 
mature single men. Eh? You know that by all circumstances, this man should have been married. He's not yet married. Maybe he chose not to marry early. And he keeps hanging around you. And he's not saying anything. Six months. And uncle is getting older. But he doesn't mind. He's a time waster. This is not the first time he's doing it. It's a lifestyle. Hear what I'm saying? As a believer in the movie industry, do you advise about kissing sins? There are no major roles to lamb light without kissing sins. It's a lie. I don't believe it. Are you allowed as a believer in the kissing sins? <laughs> you can get into lamb light without kissing. You can. You can just choose your scripts. See, value system is so important that your value system should decide every other thing in your life. There are some things that should just be a no-no for you up front the moment it goes against your value system. The reason why you consider certain things is because it's not, you consider maybe it's okay to kiss so I can go into limelight. See, let me tell you something about fame. Fame does not last. How many popular people did you know 10 years ago that are still famous now? Don't destroy your future for short moments of fame. I hear what I'm saying. So, if you want to kiss, I'm be kissing. But it's not advisable as a believer. You know, we, some, a lot of things has become normal today because nobody stood against it. I hope you know that in some Arab worlds, there are still some movies that does not show on their TV stations. I hope you know. So the fact that some things have become mainstream and you are seeing it in Hollywood, seeing it in Hollywood, you think it is okay that there's no way you can act a movie, you can do a movie without. To my own observation, I think same ladies set standards that are not that some ladies set some standards that are not realistic. And these standards are not the biblical standards. For example, I can't date a guy that is still in the process, not yet made. I don't want a soft guy and all of that. Making relationship dating look as if you are doing the guy a favor. In a relationship or dating, no one is actually doing anyone a favor. The point is that when you can't match the standard, they see you as not being capable and so on. Where's the question? Because I loved once, I am still hot. Do you think I can ever get into a relationship or love anyone again? Is it a must to get married because I don't have any plan or vision to do so? That's your pain speaking. That's not you. That's your pain speaking. Right. Um, if you've been heartbroken, you can bounce back from it. I have an online course how to bounce back from a breakup. If you want to get it, talk to Minister, um, Sister Susan. It's not Minister, wave your hands, it's Sister. <laughs> All right, so um, it's a long teaching. It's a whole teaching on its own, how to bounce back from a breakup, right? But don't allow your pain create your vision, right? And don't let your pain speak for you. So the fact that you are hurting, you will say, I don't need marriage. See, if you don't need marriage, or if you think you don't, you don't have a vision to marry or you really don't want to marry, you would never have been in a relationship in the first place. You will not even find the opposite side attractive at all if you were supposed to be an eunuch. From the moment you were born, if you see a woman, a woman is not different from a man, a man is not different from a woman. So if that desire was once there, 
right is your pain that is redefining standards for you what if a lady you don't get what you want what if as a lady you don't get what you want and what you deserve and also i don't have feelings not to even talk of a crush i see all guys as a fellow being and i don't even want to get into a relationship you may need a therapy session no it's not funny you may just need you know so um if you are the person that wrote that question please see me after service a lot of people will oh the question is from abiokuta oh okay so the abiokuta campus coordinator you can give the person the um the church official number tell the person to reach out to me on that number i'll get back to that person but there is no one that has this mindset is it that the person has had a traumatic experience grew up you know in an abusive home there must have been something you saw that made you say you know what this relationship is not for me that just makes you hate marriage there is no normal person the bible says it's not good for man to be alone the god that created you said it's not good to be alone all right so there's something that is not um right so um i built a campus please make sure that person gets across to me all right all right good morning good morning so my own question is very very simple but i didn't want to type it because you will not understand so that's why i came forward to ask by myself okay um because it's really really confusing for me okay. and when you were talking about you were pointing out some things um this morning it was also still confusing so that's why i came to now talk by myself so let me start like this so you said that you're going to a relationship relationship with somebody and then you see a red flag. Let's say you see like two. They always tell you leave. It's not easy to leave somebody like that. No, it's not. Love, love is not just play play like that. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and then they will not come again. Especially you will not say be quick to forgive. I've seen the red flag go. They will say get out. Now you're not saying I should forgive. So is it okay? That when somebody say, ah, this red flag, go, ah, person has said, be quick to forgive, ah, I'll quickly forgive you in this one. Okay? Is it that I'll not wait for the person to do it hundred and how many times? <laughs> <laughs> so is it that I'll wait for the person to now do that hundred and forty fourteen times before I'll not leave? I'll not say, ah, it be like, will I dare you to be going? Okay? Or somebody stays in the relationship and helps the person become better. See, that's confusing. Yeah. No, it's not confusing. It's very confusing. I'll make it. <laughs> is that a question? Let's celebrate it. It's a very good question. All right. So we need to understand that offense and red flags are two different things. Red flags are character flaws. Things that cannot change. Do you understand? Things that you know deep within yourself, you cannot undo. Things that you need to forget are things that can be worked upon. So you tell someone, please do this for me. The person says, I will do it. And the person forgets. The person can work on something like that. Do you understand? But you know that this person, you know, maybe the person, maybe your value is generosity. And this person is not generous. You've been dating this person. You've been in a relationship for over a year. You cannot point to anything this person has bought for you, both male and female. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In a relationship, it's not only a man that gives. A woman should also give. You are not a trash collector. Just receiving things. Right? So those are red flags. Things that cannot change. Those are red flags. You see, but the things you forgive are just offenses. You know? 
you forgot to switch off the lights you, you know things you know i don't know if you guys understand but offenses or things that you forgive and red flags they are total different things red flags are character flaws things that you know this is this person's character they can't change even if they say they will change you you know deep within yourself this person cannot change this thing so you need to ask yourself are these things that can live with right so if it is not something you can live with then let it go there's something else you asked what was the last thing? Zaid, have I answered the question? All right. Let's celebrate the Lord Jesus.